thyroid drivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. Hello, hello, thyroid thrivers, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about alcohol. I'm going to give you five reasons to rethink your drink. And, you know, it's been said that every party has a pooper, and I guess maybe today I'm it. Don't worry too much. I'm not here to tell you that you can never enjoy another glass of wine, but really to just inform you about some good reasons to make more careful choices around alcohol if you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. Alcohol may not be the only factor in how you feel, but it can be a really a compounding factor. It can aggravate symptoms, it can diminish thyroid function, and just make you not feel your best. So in this episode, we will explore why. I'm going to highlight five reasons for you to rethink your drink, especially if you have an underactive or missing thyroid. We'll cover the best choices for when you do choose to consume alcohol Uh, I'll share some of my personal journey around this with you. And finally, because nobody likes to feel deprived, I'll share my favorite beverage alternatives and also relaxation replacements for alcohol with you. Just a note before we dive into the show, if you want to read the complete blog post that includes all of my sources and links to things like the recipes and other resources that I'm going to share with you today, you can find the link to that full post in the show notes, or you can always go to the Hypothyroid Chef blog to find that. All right, let's dive in. I'm going to start with the top five reasons why alcohol is problematic for thyroid thrivers. Really, there's a lot more reasons than this is the truth of the matter, but cataloging all the ways in which alcohol can impact other areas of our health, like premature aging, uh, links to several types of cancer, impaired detoxification, skin issues, it could fill a book. So keep in mind that this list is non-exhaustive, but I've just tried to focus on some of the most pertinent impacts of alcohol for you to know about. So number one reason uh, to rethink your drink is your liver. So one reason alcohol is really particularly harmful to thyroid function is that it affects the liver and the liver is responsible for a lot of the conversion of the inactive T4 thyroid hormone into the active T3 thyroid hormone. So when alcohol reaches the liver, it produces this enzyme called acetaldehyde. And acetaldehyde is a poison. It's a poisonous enzyme, and it can damage your liver cells and cause permanent scarring. And when the liver isn't in tip-top shape, thyroid hormone conversion can go down and overall metabolism can deteriorate along with it. So if you want to love your liver, it really is best to avoid alcohol. Number two reason, your gut health. Gut health is another big reason alcohol is pretty lousy for thyroid patients. So like the liver, the gut is one of the main ways that that inactive T4 thyroid hormone is converted into active T3. So like the livers, you know, if it's impaired, our thyroid function is going to be impaired. If our gut is impaired, our thyroid function will also be impacted. 
Alcohol is also really destructive for our gut flora. So it can contribute to gut dysbiosis, which is the overgrowth of bad gut flora. And it can contribute to intestinal permeability, which some of you may know or have heard of as leaky gut. Alcohol exposure can also stimulate the growth of what's called gram-negative intestinal bacteria. And this is actually considered one of the world's leading health threats. These gram-negative bacterial strains are resistant to antibiotics, and they can lead to serious life-threatening infections like pneumonia or meningitis, and they also lead to a buildup of endotoxins, and these permeate the gut lining and can trigger inflammation. So as thyroid drivers, leaky gut and inflammation are very common, and they're also the opposite of what we want. If feeling well and diminishing our symptoms and staying thyroid healthy is our goal, which I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, it is. On a final gut-related note, our digestion and absorption of nutrients are also impaired by alcohol, which is another pretty big ding on our overall health score. Okay, number three reason to rethink your drink, your hormones. If you need another reason to reconsider that nightcap, know that all alcohol is estrogenic. So that includes beer, wine, and liquor. Estrogenic activity can cause adverse health effects in mammals, including early puberty in females, altered functions of reproductive organs, obesity, altered sex-specific behaviors, and increased rates of some cancers. And it also makes it more difficult to lose weight, which I know is a major frustration for a lot of thyroid thrivers out there. These estrogenic effects of alcohol were even observed at moderate drinking levels. So just a little bit can have a pretty big impact on your hormones. Number four is your sleep. So some of us might rely on alcohol to wind down in the evenings and help us fall asleep. And alcohol might help us fall asleep faster. It can work that way, but it also severely diminishes the quality and restorative effects of our sleep. So I recently read a great book about this by Holly Whitaker called Quit Like a Woman, The Radical Choice to Not Drink in a Culture Obsessed by Alcohol. I'll put the link for that book in the show notes for you in case you're curious, uh, which if you are, you know, part of the sober curious movement, I think that book is a great place for thyroid drivers to start. But she points out that not only does alcohol diminish the amount of brain restoring slow wave sleep that we get, it also cuts our REM cycles. It actually, she says, cuts them down from seven cycles per night on average down to two. So normally get seven REM cycles a night, alcohol can cut those down to two. So what's the result of getting less REM sleep or less slow wave sleep, more anxiety, more depression, more irritability, and more hunger. What's worse is that because it takes three to four days to fully remove alcohol from the system, even moderate alcohol use, she says, puts us in an almost constant state of sleep deprivation. And for thyroid thrivers, you may have heard me talk about this before, but sleep is essential to brain health, mental health, thyroid function, digestion, 
weight loss, muscle building and recovery, hormone health, immune health, the list goes on. Sleep is a big deal. And what's worse is that we're already more prone to sleep issues like insomnia or just waking up a lot in the night if we have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. So if you're having trouble sleeping, alcohol is definitely going to be more of a hindrance for you than a help. And number five, the last major reason to rethink your drink is your weight loss efforts. Now, of course, not all thyroid drivers are trying to lose weight, but the struggle to lose weight, weight loss resistance, and excess weight are my coaching clients' most common complaints and frustrations because the thyroid controls our metabolism. So metabolic function can be really impaired when we have thyroid issues, even if we're on medication. And that can make weight gain just more easy for us, which is just sad, but true. (laughs) And it can make weight loss more difficult. So alcohol can take that issue and just compound it because alcohol promotes weight gain. And why does it promote weight gain? Well, as we talked about, you know, it impairs the liver. That's not going to help with your weight. It also leads to things like blood sugar imbalance. And with alcohol, you're adding excess calories. So, you know, you're diminishing your liver function, your digestive function, your thyroid function. Uh, You're adding, you know, those estrogenic effects. You're diminishing your sleep. There's all kinds of ways that alcohol is actually going to promote weight gain. Another factor here is that alcohol lowers our inhibitions and impairs our judgment. So exercising those good, healthy choices around food is a lot easier without alcohol. And that's true both while we're drinking, while we're intoxicated, and the next day when we're battling the after effects of alcohol, like, you know, the proverbial hangover. So after effects of drinking can make us more likely to consume things like high sugar, high carb, inflammatory foods, and less likely to engage in healthy exercise. And if you consume alcohol, you probably know what this is like. And, you know, the day after a big party or something really common to be like, oh my gosh, I need a greasy cheeseburger and a Coke. So I recently posted a reel about this on Instagram and I got a question from one of my followers who asked, you know, do you recommend a zero tolerance policy with alcohol then? First, you know, I just want to say as a health coach, my job isn't to make personalized recommendations for you. That is outside my scope of practice. So I want to make that clear. But But really what I do as a health coach, my job is to inform and empower and encourage you to make the best choices for your health so that you can reach your health goals. So a zero tolerance policy with alcohol might be right for you, or maybe occasional consumption is what's right for you. Or maybe you find that you can tolerate certain types of alcohol versus others on occasion. It really depends on you. So whether or not you should drink any alcohol is really up to you and your healthcare provider and also you know, your personal health situation and circumstances. That said, I will share kind of my personal experience and philosophy on this based on my own healing journey. So over the years... Yeah, I have reduced my alcohol consumption. I've gone for extended periods without any alcohol up to a year. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, I went 
about a year. And yeah, I, I find for sure, I do feel better in general without it. With time, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I do eventually cut it out completely. For now, I do occasionally choose to consume alcohol. Yeah. Why? Because I like having the option. And because I occasionally just enjoy having a glass of wine with friends or celebrating a nice meal with a nice glass of wine. I think we all have to find that balance that's right for us between you know, doing what's best for our health and living and enjoying our lives. Now, I don't think that balance, like doing what's best for our health and enjoying our lives are not mutually exclusive. That's not, that's not what I want to say here. I happily avoid certain things that I know are bad for me because I like to feel good. I like to have energy when I get out of bed in in the morning. I have seen and noticed some major gifts in my life from cutting out or at least greatly reducing alcohol, like being a better parent. Uh, I'm more productive. It makes it easier for me to lose weight. I sleep better. Uh, My gut health is better. Um, I just feel happier in general without alcohol. But I've found that I do occasionally feel deprived or just bummed out by never having the option to enjoy it. And I don't feel like cutting it out 100% at this particular point or season in my life is necessarily what is needed for me right now when I kind of look at my own personal big picture. You know, some people talk about like the 80-20 rule, right? So make healthy choices 80% of the time and then live it up the other 20% of the time. And at 46, I'll tell you, 80-20 is not the right equation for me. It doesn't work. So with hormonal changes and everything else that starts to happen at this age, you know, as a woman, as a woman with Hashimoto's, no, 80-20 isn't going to cut it for me the way it might have when I was in my 20s or 30s. At this age, at this season of life, I'm more like a 95-5 but that 5%, I'm also happy with it right now. I'll take it. And yes, I do use that 5% to occasionally enjoy alcohol. So again, this isn't necessarily what's right for you, but I have found that over time, the after effects of alcohol are worse for me than they used to be. I'm just less able to tolerate it. Uh, I'm less willing to put up with the price tag alcohol comes with for my health. So when I do drink, I have found that it helps to be choosy about what I drink. So let's talk about that next. If you're going to drink, which choices do the experts say are best? I'll share with you some of the common recommendations here about like best choices for alcohol. So one of the major recommendations is to go for low sugar drinks. So something like a vodka and a plain soda water with a squeeze of lime, maybe a small splash of cranberry juice, for example, something like that will be less detrimental to your health, they say, than a drink made primarily of sugary fruit juice, simple syrup, or high sugar soda. Uh, Lower sugar drinks can help minimize the glucose spikes that come with alcohol, as well as the hangover symptoms and sleep disruptions. Another common recommendation is to choose clear spirits over brown. 
So some experts recommend sticking to clear spirits like tequila or vodka over brown spirits like bourbon or rum. Why? Because they're the lowest in sugar and calories, and therefore they're a little easier to metabolize. Clear spirits are also more purified during that distillation process than brown spirits are. So all alcohol contains impurities, which are known as congeners, but brown liquors typically do have significantly more of those congeners or impurities, and that can worsen the negative effects of alcohol, including hangovers. Now, beer, of course, is a no-go for most of us thyroid thrivers because of gluten. Beer contains gluten. So if you're avoiding gluten, as most thyroid thrivers are, beer is off the menu. Replacing that with something like, uh, say, a hard kombucha can kind of scratch that itch for a fizzy, low-alcohol refreshment while also adding probiotic benefits. There's also things like, you know, seltzers and um, different gluten-free beers and things that can help you avoid the gluten that comes in uh, traditional beer. Finally, I want to talk about choosing the best wine. So it is really important to choose your wine carefully because so many commercially produced wines these days now contain so many additives uh, things like sulfites, flavorings, colorings. It's almost kind of like wine has become a highly processed food. So if you're going to enjoy wine, and I have definitely noticed a huge difference personally with this, it is best to source clean, low sugar wines. The company that I use an order from, like say I make an order at the holidays oftentimes, is I use dry farm wines. Uh, they're based out of Napa and they travel the world to find wines that are clean, they're lower in sulfites, they're lower in alcohol, they're additive free, um, they're often organic, and you're also supporting these small winemakers that are they're doing things the old way and the way that is better, not just for the environment, but also for our bodies. And, you know, me, my friends, my husband, I've gotten so many people turned on to these dry farm wines because not only are they amazing wines that, you know, you really would probably rarely see in a grocery store or something like that, but because the after effects are so much um, less than they can be with a lot of those like very commercially produced wines. Now, full disclosure, I am a dry farm wines affiliate which means that I may earn a small commission if you choose to purchase Dry Farm Wines using my affiliate link. And I will put that in the show notes for you, um, not only because I believe in this company I, and I think it can be a big problem solver, but also because um, I have a deal where you can, with your first order, get a free bottle of wine. So just kind of a nice option uh, if any of you are curious about that. So those are just a few recommendations about, you know, if you're going to drink, which choices are best. And sure, there are better alcohol choices than others, but the bottom line is the most thyroid healthy choice is to trade in the ethanol for something else. So let's talk about some beverage alternatives to alcohol. 
while alcohol consumption is actually falling with younger generations, many of us were raised with alcohol as a norm. Like culturally, alcohol is pervasive. We celebrate with alcohol. We dine with alcohol. We socialize with it. We relax with it. You can still enjoy all those things without alcohol. And I say that from personal experience. With time, I think maybe even more so you can enjoy those things without alcohol. It might take some some patience and some practice and some tinkering with this. But one thing I've found is that it really helps to have a beverage alternative, you know, something more than just like a glass of water to help you feel not so deprived and like you can participate in this, you know, ritual of drinking something together, even if that something is alcohol free for you. So like a staple spritzer recipe I make is I combine sparkling mineral water with a splash of juice. And I typically use either a little bit of 100% tart cherry juice, which is highly anti-inflammatory. I might use a splash of 100% cranberry juice, uh, which, you know, comes with some, it's high in iodine. There's different health benefits to cranberry for like urinary tract health and things like that. Or I might use a little bit of pomegranate juice, which is very high in antioxidants. And then to that, you know, splash of juice and a little bit of sparkling water, I'll just add a squeeze of lime. So that's just a very quick and easy staple mocktail that, you know, that's kind of like when my husband and I are making dinner, we'll just throw something like that together. If we feel like having something, one of my favorite uh, mocktails is what I call the virgin martini. You can find the recipe for this on hypothyroidchef.com. So basically what you do is pour some sparkling mineral water over ice. And I like to squeeze in a few drops of digestive bitters, which can help, you know, like, especially before a meal, like when we're, when I'm cooking dinner, I love to have one of these um, because those bitters kind of help get your digestive juices going to, you know, prepare you for the meal. And then I'll take a cocktail pick, put some green olives in it. You know, if I want a, a dirty martini, I might even put a little bit of the olive brine into the glass, but it's basically just a completely sugar-free, unsweetened, sparkling mineral water with bitters and olives. Another one I want to mention is golden milk. Now, this isn't so much what I would think of as a mocktail, but maybe more like a nightcap. It's really delicious and comforting in the evening, I find. And it comes with this anti-inflammatory body buzz from the turmeric and ginger. And it's also really great during colder months. It's spiced. It's a little bit creamy. It's a little bit sweet. Um, but you can also find the recipe for my easy instant golden milk mix, which makes enjoying a cup of golden milk really easy and convenient uh, any time of year. So yeah, my husband and I are also big fans of golden milk in the evenings. Along the same lines, you know, another cold weather uh, alcohol-free drink is a lemon ginger toddy. So while a traditional toddy typically contains hot water with a splash of whiskey and maybe some lemon, this one is just as tasty and better for us without the whiskey. So in a mug, you combine hot water, maybe a few slices of fresh ginger, a slice of lemon, and a dollop of honey. You can add a sprinkle of cayenne pepper if, if you want a little warming metabolism boosting kick. That lemon ginger toddy also makes a good evening nightcap. 
one of my favorite refreshing warm weather drinks from the hypothyroid chef blog is my citrus chia fresca. So this is a thirst quenching and really chuggable recovery drink, kind of like a, you know, a Gatorade replacement. And it's packed with electrolytes, potassium and vitamin C. Plus it's even got an added nutritional boost from chia seeds. And the last really refreshing hot weather mocktail I'll share with you is my cucumber watermelon refresher, which you can find the recipe in the complete blog post that goes with this episode. And I'll share that link in the show notes with you. But this is something really special on a hot summer day, blend up some cucumber, some watermelon, it's honey sweetened, add a little lime juice, it's just delicious. And it's something a little bit more special. So like a perfect refreshment, if you want something to share with friends. Now, one thing that I think is important to remember, just to mention here, is that it isn't just the drink that we need to replace when we're cutting out alcohol. It's the relaxation factor. That is real. So let's talk about some relaxation alternatives to alcohol, because if we just take the alcohol away and we don't have uh, a, a different, healthier way to relax and unwind, you know, we have to kind of address that. So if there's one thing alcohol does effectively, it relaxes us temporarily, of course, but it does relax us. So when I started my own, you know, hashtag sober curious path, I remember noticing at first that my neck muscles were getting really like uncomfortably tight. And I couldn't figure out why until one night I happened to have a glass of wine with dinner and went, oh, Yeah. Now I remember what it feels like when those muscles relax. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that, you know, cutting out that ritual of say, like having a glass of something when I'm making dinner was doing so much to like, give me those, you know, relaxing effects. So what do I do now? Do I just walk around with tight neck muscles? Of course not. But I did have to, you know, kind of learn some alternative ways to relax and manage stress along the way. And this has been a big silver lining for me because, you know, I found, wow, there are such healthier ways to relax and manage stress that don't come with a price tag to our health. So it's just been a big win-win for me. But ramping up your self-care is one of the best ways to support this part of your healing journey if you are choosing to minimize alcohol in your life. Um, Not only will you find healthier ways to manage stress, I think you'll soon often find that you're sleeping better, you're less likely to engage in things like stress eating, you're happier, you're less anxious, and you're less depressed overall. Those self-care practices are one of the best ways to curb the urge for alcohol. So a few relaxation alternatives to alcohol that these are just some of my personal favorites, Epsom salt baths top the list. These are wonderful before bed. Adding some Epsom salt or magnesium flakes to your bath is a great addition for pain relief and muscle relaxation. I like to try to keep the water close to body temp around 98.6 to relax and heal without overheating and kind of draining the body. I find that those, you know, warm, but not hot baths can be a little bit more um, energy giving 
versus energy zapping. So temperature with your bats is just something to think about and play around with. Notice how you feel depending on the temperature of your bath uh, after the bath is done. Another favorite relaxation alternative is sauna. So heat therapy and sweating are really fantastic ways to relax and to release toxins. Sauna therapy is touted by a lot of functional thyroid experts and doctors that I follow, and it's been personally recommended to me to diminish my Hashimoto symptoms by two different naturopaths and a functional diagnostic nutritionist that I've worked with. So sauna is, it comes highly recommended, but this is another fantastic pre-bedtime option, really any time of day. But, you know, of course, not many of us have a sauna in our homes. Maybe we don't have a gym membership. So what I do is I use and love uh, this crystal lined infrared sauna blanket from higher dose. So it's sort of like a sleeping bag that you get inside and it comes with a little controller. You turn it on, you can control the temperature. Um, It's amazing. It works really well for me. It fits in my closet and then I just roll it out put it on my bed. And I try to use that sauna bag, you know, at least once a week, if not, you know, more. Um, But I do have a coupon code for that um, higher dose infrared sauna blanket. You can get 15% off if you use the code hypochef15. So I will put a link for that in the show notes with that discount code. If that's something that you're interested in, I absolutely love mine and use it all the time. Another relaxation alternative is journaling. So when alcohol isn't there to use as an escape from your stresses, your problems, you you might find that there's some trouble spots in your life that need to be addressed. So this is some of the most beneficial healing work a thyroid thriver can do is that inner emotional work, but it can be a little messy. So what if there was a place where you could kind of let it all out? even that messy stuff, like a place where you could speak your truth without the worry of hurting anyone's feelings or being judged. Now, some of us may go to uh, talk therapy or something like that, which can be highly effective as well. Journaling is another great alternative. And it turns out that it's surprisingly beneficial for our mental health. There's no rules with journaling. Just be real and keep writing. Sometimes I'll set like often in the morning, If I feel like, you know, things are just kind of swirling around in my head, I'm feeling kind of, you know, emotionally cluttered. I'll just set a timer for 10 minutes and open up a document on my computer and just letter rip. So big fan of journaling. I think that can be a really effective relaxation alternative. One of my next favorite relaxation alternatives is red light therapy. So I fell in love with red light therapy when I was recovering from frozen shoulder. So frozen shoulder is this really painful condition that is commonly associated with Hashimoto's. We're more prone to it as Hashimoto's patients. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. But if you do know that there is a correlation there. There are many types of red light therapy devices out there, but I really like this red light therapy belt that I ordered uh, during my frozen shoulder surgery recovery. And I'd put it on my shoulder when we were watching movies. I still use it, you know, wherever my body needs some TLC, my back, my shoulder, I'll wrap it around my knees. 
I'll put it over my gut and my liver to promote cellular health in those areas. But that red light therapy can stimulate collagen. It can support mitochondria, promote sleep, and it penetrates really deep for pain relief and recovery. So that's just another nice thing I enjoy as a relaxation alternative. Also walking, especially in nature. So one benefit that you'll find when you cut out alcohol is you'll have increased energy. So what better way to use it than replacing that after dinner drink with an after dinner stroll? I'm going to give you bonus points if you get out into nature to do this, because visiting a tree canopied area and walking in a relaxed, restorative way has actually been proven to boost immune function mood and energy, while also reducing stress, depression, anxiety, and anger. So this is a practice that's actually called forest bathing. It's been studied a lot in Japan, and they also sometimes prescribe it to patients. So forest bathing can be a great way to get those steps in and also promote relaxation. Last but not least, I'll mention heat therapy. So remember that neck and shoulder tightness? I got a neck and shoulder heating pad. So it's like a little cape that goes around my neck and shoulders. And it's my new go-to for that, you know, tightness, that tension. I know we're all different, but I'm definitely a person that holds that tension in my neck and shoulders. So that heating pad is just a a new favorite go-to, no wine required to help me relax in that part of my body. So not only does it you know, just help relax those tight muscles, but it's also really nice when you're feeling kind of chilled. So hopefully those suggestions have been helpful for you. Uh, In wrapping up the show, I just want to say that, you know, minimizing your consumption of alcohol or just taking extended breaks from alcohol can be really helpful and healing for thyroid drivers. I think in several ways, and on like many different levels. It can give the liver and the gastrointestinal lining a break to rebalance and regenerate tissues. It can help to lower estrogen levels, boost nutrient absorption. It can restore and support the function of really all bodily systems, not just the thyroid. And you'll also find that sleeping better, successful weight loss, better mental health, and more balanced hormones overall are just additional benefits of avoiding alcohol. So while eliminating alcohol entirely may not be necessary for you, it's important to be aware of these risks and these impacts of alcohol consumption if you want to make the most empowered and informed choices for your health. So if alcohol is a habit in your life, you can really show your thyroid some love, show your liver some love, by thinking about reducing or maybe even eliminating your alcohol intake. You might even find, like me, that you feel so much better that you decide to stay alcohol-free or mostly alcohol-free for good. I know there was a time in my life, in my younger years, when the thought of that was inconceivable and scary, but over time I've just found that it's been so incredibly worth it for me and has gone a long way in supporting my healing journey and helping me overcome uh, some health issues, like especially gut issues that were not getting resolved before. So it's definitely an area, you know, like lots of other areas on the healing journey 
that can be a game changer. I hope this episode has given you some food and drink for thought, along with just a dose of encouragement to help make the choices you need to make to help you thrive. I've got tons of alcohol-free beverage recipes for you on the Hypothyroid Chef blog, so you can check those out. And if you need more support with this, if you want to talk through your goals around alcohol, or if you just want help making progress on your health journey, book a call with me. You can learn more about my health coaching services at hypothyroidchef.com coaching. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites. If you've enjoyed the show, please don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave a review. If you'd like to know more about how you can live well and eat well as a thyroid thriver, download my free thyroid healthy grocery guide at hypothyroidchef.com grocery. I will put that link in the show notes for you as well, along with all the others that I mentioned today. I'm Jenny Mahar, a thyroid health and cooking coach, wishing you happy cooking, happy thriving, and the best of health. See you next time.